0: But we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth What do we know? To telephones and no to you
1: Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself, my name's Ryan Placetti and I'm here to disentangle you from the Gordian knot of the internet's bullshit
0: And I'm Cap, and I'm keeping Matt's seat warm this week And you know, I might actually learn something <laughs> I hope not <laughs>
1: So for those of you who haven't listened to our Halloween episode yet, it's episode 32. That's the
0: last time Cap was on our show. Yeah, you can pause this episode now and go listen to the Halloween special and then come back and we'll still be here for you.
1: That's right. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. We'll wait. Go ahead. We'll wait. Go ahead. All right. Everybody got a, everybody got some water. All right. Well, topo chico.
0: Yep. All
1: right. Welcome back. I hope you had plenty of good laughs. Um, Cap, can you just give us, uh, just for old time's sake for me and just a few minutes ago's sake for our listeners, would you mind giving us a little taste of that Dracula? Now, why would you want me to do
0: that, Ryan? I feel bad doing it without Matt here to enjoy it. <laughs>
1: uh, so, Cap, in addition
0: to portraying
1: Dracula on a hit podcast enjoyed by literally dozens of people. Dozens? Would you like to tell our audience a little bit about who you are and where you're from as if they haven't listened to the last uh, 50 or so episodes of our show and heard me fawning over your program?
0: Of course. As Ryan has mentioned many times, I am from the podcast Shrimp and Crits. That's Crits with a C. We are an actual play Monster of the Week podcast. Uh, Takes place in the fictional town of sunny Golakochka, Florida, and it follows a group of modern day heroes. Um... I think that well, would
1: be a very loose term because uh, Sarah definitely melted that guy.
0: She definitely melted that guy. So, yeah, it, uh, you know, there's magic, there's monsters, there's mystery. It is all very fun. I am one fourth of the crew over there. And if you want to find us, you can find us at Shrimp and Crits on any podcatcher or social media.
1: But you know what you won't find on any podcatcher or social media? Malaysian Airlines Flight 370.
0: Where did we put that flight?
1: Well, on the 8th of March, 2014, while flying from Kuala Lumpur International Airport, Malaysia, to Beijing, it disappeared
0: without a trace. I remember, I recalled this fondly, um, following all the local conspiracy websites and news articles about where this plane went off to.
1: But that's the topic of this r slash no stupid question posted by user Ataxic, who asks, whatever happened to that Malaysian flight that was lost? and never found Uh, i can answer that pretty quickly i think it was lost and never found i don't think that's a
0: stupid question i mean i I know it's no stupid questions where no questions are inherently stupid but
1: it's a a good question i think it's a good question Uh, i i like i like questions that are kind of self-contained biomes in that it is Mm -hmm. a question that sort of answers itself (laughs) because it's not it's not just Whatever happened to that Malaysian flight that was lost, but it says was lost and never found. They are aware that this has never been found, but they're still asking the hard questions.
0: Do I think there's one person on Reddit who knows the real answer and is going to tell them in the comments here.
1: It's just some guy smoking a cigarette in a a dimly lit room in a government facility somewhere. And I'm going to say China.
0: (laughs) Or are they expecting someone who's just like, I was on that plane and I'm fine. We just didn't (laughs) want to tell anybody we landed. We landed on that Bond villain island. We're very private people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So my understanding is that it basically left radar range after 200 nautical miles. And then without further communication, it just kind of disappeared. That was the second air disaster in a very short period of time for Malaysian Airlines. Malaysian Airlines Flight 17 gets shot down over eastern Ukraine four months later. For those of you who haven't seen the prequels to our current Ukraine invasion, that's kind of where it all started for them. Actually, I'm, I'm actually reticent about saying that it started in 2014, because I think that plays into Vladimir Putin's idea that, that Ukraine is a fake country that doesn't exist. So Ukraine's history goes back considerably further than 2014. <laughs> the current conflict really starts to kick off in 2014.
0: Do you uh, Do you dabble in the conspiracy theories, right?
1: Only insofar as r slash conspiracy on Reddit will take me.
0: Well there's a few good ones about this one. I like there's one very uh, mundane conspiracy theory here that says it just went vertical down into the ocean, which is <laughs> which is very strange to me. I, I don't think even if you were trying to maneuver a plane perfectly vertical, straight down, I think you would still be at an angle, right? Like it's got to be hard to go that straight down to the point where nothing falls off of your plane. I'm pretty
1: sure that's the plot of Bright Eye's music video, Bottom of Everything. I'm pretty sure that plane does go straight down into the ocean.
0: We love you very, 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 very much. It's a good song. Can't believe I got your reference. (laughs) I I like the idea of the plane flying through some sort of uh, time vortex. Or Connor Oberst music video. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it flew right through Connor Oberst's sad, sad music video. (laughs) And it's just stuck in a sort of YouTube limbo with uh, what? A 1,000 views? No, that probably has more than that.
1: It probably does. It, it's, I'm pretty sure that's the plot of Stephen King's The Langoliers, a classic made-for-TV movie starring Dean Stockwell of Quantum Leap fame.
0: If you haven't watched The Langoliers, you should definitely watch it and look out for uh, the Malaysian flight while you're watching it. For <laughs> sure. Maybe it popped into the Stephen King universe. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going
1: to add Stephen King on Twitter and be like, yo, what up with that? <laughs> Weave me a tale, Stephen. Well, no, forget Steven. He's not on the show today. We brought Cap on the show to Weave Tales. Uh, What are some of these conspiracy theories that you found?
0: One CNN reporter brought up the fact that it could have gone through a very small black hole, which... um There's a litany of issues with that theory uh, (laughs) that were brought up to them face to face while on CNN, being that if there was a black hole um, in our atmosphere of all places, that it would just eat up the whole world and everything else surrounding it. So that was quickly dismissed. Cap, could you explain the physics of a black hole? Uh, No. um, Me neither. (laughs) um, I know that if you send Matthew McConaughey in them, he cries for 25 minutes (laughs) and it's very beautiful. Um, but other than that, I I am not an astrophysicist. No, but I do know that black holes are not good within contained.
1: Yeah, like black holes, traditionally speaking, have been the product of stars collapsing in on themselves. I think we would have noticed a star collapsing in on itself inside of our atmosphere. You would think (laughs) it's just like it's a it's just a super dense spatial anomaly. No big deal. Unless it's a black hole like they have in the Looney Tunes cartoons, in which case maybe the Roadrunner just slapped it up against the side of a cliff.
0: That's true. But then it fell vertical into the ocean after <laughs> it ran into that cliff.
1: So do you have any personal pet theories on what might have happened? I personally think that it crashed into the ocean and then was lost because uh, what, 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 what was the lady said? Ocean big?
0: <laughs> ocean big. Yeah. Ocean big. Um, it's hard to find things in the ocean because it's big and it's deep. And that's uh- and, uh, unless... James Cameron goes down to find the plane. I don't think we're going to find it for quite some time.
1: Yeah, so ocean ocean big is what the uh uh governor of Alabama said about uh trans basically trans rights like we know what things are ocean big. Um ocean big. which, you know, fuck that lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't, obviously, but like may she experience an unhappiness on par with the level of unhappiness she has caused in other people's lives <laughs> I think that's fair to say right
0: I think that's fair. Like, that I, is very fair to like
1: say. I, sh- I hope she gets back
0: what she puts out in the
1: world that's all I'm saying yeah no no additional harm no additional harm we're not here this is not an overly punitive podcast we like things to be just and fair unlike our legal system
0: <laughs> speaking of our legal system <laughs> Speaking of our legal system, I have a Reddit post here from our late-stage capitalism, and uh, it's got a bit of a poem. Would you like me to read it to you? Oh, good God, yes. Roses are red. Society's values are stale. Man accused of killing his wife wins GOP primary from jail.
1: <laughs> to ask, like, oh, well... Which GOP primary? Because it could be so many. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, This particular one uh, that we are going to look at today is from Indiana. All right, that's one of my favorite flyover states. <laughs> I, I heard they named it yeah. after the dog. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is just going to be an episode of movie references that uh, these are all for one person. <laughs> Harrison Ford. Uh, Harrison Ford. <laughs> if you, I if you're, can't believe you're a listener.
1: If you're out there and you're listening, this, is, this has everything you love. It has airplanes. It's got Indiana. It's got, uh, well, spoiler alert. Um, well, I'm not.
0: <clears throat> <laughs> what, else, what else
1: is in here? Eh, getting kicked in the balls. Uh, getting
0: kicked in the balls is all I can think of.
1: <laughs> Harrison there's nothing Harrison Ford loves more than getting his balls crushed by a large woman in stilettos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're not here to kink, kink shame Harrison.
1: A lot of people thought he was all about Carrie Fisher in the sla- in slave Leia outfit. He's more into Job of the Hut.
0: Can you blame him?
1: <laughs> no. Uh, Job of the Hut does present you with the opportunity for a choking fetish in Star Wars fanfic though.
0: Speaking of disgusting men in power, let's <laughs> talk about this Indiana man. Am I leading this one, or are you leading this one?
1: Uh, I'll let you lead this one since you opened the articles first.
0: That was your mistake. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that was my mistake. <laughs> so how do you uh, how do you usually frame uh, murders nicely? Usually by <laughs> not getting caught. That's how you fra- That's how you frame a murder. <laughs> Jesus Christ!
1: I've seen making a murder M- making a murderer on Netflix. I know how to frame somebody for murder. I've also seen the staircase on Netflix. Great for. Uh, uh Episode 7, Hootie and the Blowpoke. Check it out. We do talk about the Staircase documentary. Uh, <laughs> but no. Ha- fucking owl. I know. There's so many references in this episode. We're going to. uh it, It's going to be a problematic edit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So excited for you.
1: All right. So tell me a little bit more about this uh GOP politician who has allegedly killed his wife. While also succeeding wildly with presumably a Trump endorsement from jail.
0: Yeah. So. um This man, Andrew Will Hoyt, in Indiana, has been running for his. What candidacy is this?
1: I don't know, but it sounds like he will Hoyt someone.
0: (laughs) Wow, that is a really unfortunate name, isn't it?
1: It's very Elmer Fudd. (laughs) Speaking of Looney Tunes, Will Hoyt her.
0: All right. He did it. God, he did it after her last chemo session. Are you kidding me? So this man, uh, Andrew Wilhoyt was running for the city council here, it looks like. He entered into a domestic dispute with his wife that uh, did not end well. <laughs> yeah, he is awaiting trial, and while in jail for this, he wins his GOP primary. There's a there's a Go fair ahead.
1: chance that he's going to end up on this town council then.
0: Assuming there is a fair chance.
1: And then promptly be ejected when he is eventually convicted of murder. But what what are the what are the actual details of the slaying
0: they're terribly sad details uh so let's get through them quick nikki his wife um was filing for divorce after completing her last chemotherapy session
1: okay yeah i mean new lease on life you start re-examining why you're married to this uh guy who's running on a republican ticket
0: exactly and this did not go over well and she was allegedly struck in the head with a concrete gallon-sized flower pot I mean, that'll do it. I mean, who hasn't had an argument while uh, fixing up the garden, you know?
1: Traditionally, I think the appropriate gift for, hey, you've just completed chemotherapy would be flowers, not the flower pot. Exactly.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Jesus.
1: So uh, (laughs) as always, anytime we're dealing with uh, particularly a recent death, you know, we try to remain conscious of the fact that the person who has expired does have you know living friends family relatives who are mourning their death so we will try to be as cautious as possible while also lighting this dude up because he's a piece of shit who
0: so his his trial is scheduled for late august and his name will be removed from the uh, from the ballot if he is convicted of the felony all right so they they
1: still have time to uh they, they still have time to adjust it so he doesn't win the election while in prison. Trial scheduled to start in August. Sometimes murder trials can go for months.
0: Which means he could definitely win this election and then have it taken away from him. OK, so to one the, of the other two GOP candidates behind him. Well, I don't know that
1: that's what would happen. I think they would probably enter into it's just like when a when a sitting senator or representative dies, usually it's the governor that appoints the uh, appoint somebody to fill the position. So it's probably a similar it's probably a similar circumstance uh, baked into their uh, their town charter where either the mayor or the rest of the council would elect or select rather a viable replacement who has not murdered
0: his wife. And they have given him the option to remove his name from the ballot. Has he elected to do so? He has elected to not respond for comment.
1: <laughs> well, you know, he only, gets, he only gets so
0: much telephone time, so.
1: <laughs> like you got you to reserve that time for talking to your lawyer and important things like that. He'll let the primary sort itself out. Depending on the politics of the district, if he's in a strong GOP district, say like a plus five district, he might very well just win. Politics are so ingrained in some territories that politicians have a tendency to become above the law however i don't think town councilor candidates have quite that much juice
0: yeah it's not looking good for him either instead of just calling the police he um tried to hide her body in a creek
1: like you do when you justifiably defend yourself
0: which i i'm from georgia we have a lot of creeks here i grew up with one in the backyard they're about six inches deep Not the best place to hide anything. Perhaps a river or a large body of water would be better. Not giving any um, advice to anyone looking to hide a body or anything, but maybe not a creek.
1: Uh, As an amateur geomorphologist... Mm. Uh, I can tell you that creeks can vary in size and they can be quite formidable bodies of water. They're not quite rivers, but they can get pretty good size. So I live near the Brandywine Creek, which winds peacefully through Chester County's rolling pastures of horse farms. And, you know, lately with a lot of the storms that we've been having, uh, the Brandywine has flooded and caused a significant amount of property damage where I live. So they're not insubstantial bodies of water always. So I would hope that he would have had the... uh, well, actually, I don't hope anything for this man. I hope he, nope. I, 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 I was about to I was about to give him advice on how to better hide a body. But I don't think that's good information to put out there in the world. Like that's not the energy I'm trying to put out, you know, murderer energy.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I hope he gets which bunk he wants. How about that? That's the best wish I'll give him. I hope he gets to choose whether he gets to live on the top bunk or the bottom bunk. I don't know which bunk is
0: reserved for murderers. Either way, I hope your blanket is very thin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this guy, apparently he tried to hide the body. And then when pressed for further comment, he said, oh, well, here's where I hit her. And then I definitely killed her. But it was totally self-defense. This woman who has had cancer and been treated with radiation therapy was on the verge of overwhelming him. And he was forced to defend himself with a large piece of outdoor garden decor.
0: That's the sum of it. There are uh, no seeming details that he was hurt or had any defensive wounds or anything like that. It seems pretty cut and dry to me, but I'm not a judge nor a prosecutor, nor a defense attorney. I'm a podcaster.
1: (laughs) So I think we can say safely at this point that the headline here is that he has admitted to killing her. Now, he has not admitted to murdering her. And there is a fine legal distinction. So we will call him the confirmed killer, but accused murderer.
0: And possibly a GOP seat haver. And possible town councilman honorably
1: serving your district. My apologies to the people of the great state of Indiana that you have to put up with this bullshit, except for those of you who actually voted for this clown.
0: If anyone feels like running for office or like writing a letter to their local representatives about these things, maybe you should do that. If you're not like a alleged murderer or anything like that. It looks like they need some leadership over there.
1: There's a lot of people right now in the GOP who are running for office who are potentially under indictment as a result of the January 6th insurrection. So just get used to headlines like this is all I'm saying. Guy who shit on Nancy Pelosi's desk becomes, you know, the senator from the great state of Wyoming.
0: (laughs) It's going to be a lot of open seats to fill soon, hopefully.
1: (laughs) But while some GOP candidates are killing the ones they love, some folks out there have questions about kissing the ones they love. I believe, Cap, you had a topic from r slash no stupid questions that you wanted to raise.
0: One of our favorite places on the Internet are no stupid questions where what do they say, Ryan? Um,
1: I believe the and we we referenced it earlier in this episode. But in case somebody's out there and they're about to ask a stupid question, relax. If you were about to ask what the deal with r slash no stupid questions is, it's that there are no stupid questions.
0: Exactly. This one comes to us from user neighborhood fit four five five five. They ask, my mom cringes when I kiss my cat on his forehead because of the fur. Do other people kiss their pets or am I a freak?
1: Uh, you know, I will be honest. I'm not a pet owner. Mm. Because I don't want to accidentally kiss a pet.
0: (laughs) But do you think they are freaks?
1: It depends on how you kiss the pet. If you kiss okay. If you kiss that pet with an excess amount of passion, you are indeed a freak. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you there. While I typically don't yuck other people's yums when it comes to their sexual preferences and stuff, please don't fuck your
0: cats. Please don't fuck your cats. Now, <laughs> I, I have a few cats. I have three cats. Please don't here. fuck them. <laughs> please don't fuck them. Um, I am definitely a cat person. I have o- I owned. I don't like the saying that. I have had a dog in my past but dog people weird me out they they kiss i feel like people kiss dogs way more than oh and and so much tongue so much tongue and they like let dogs lick them on their lips i i i'm not gonna lie to you i smooch my cats on the forehead smooching on the forehead and smooching on the lips are two different things cats don't really very different things i would never kiss my cat on the lips that's so strange if you let your
1: cat lick your lips you're just gonna lose your lips those things that they got little sandpaper tongues
0: exactly now do i think this person is a freak for kissing their cat on the forehead no i do not i am confused as to why they bring up that their mom cringes because of the fur i don't know why that is the defining factor i think it's for the same reason that i don't trust carpet if it was hair would it be an easier smooch
1: no i think i wouldn't trust it because i i think pets especially cats like unless you're one of those people that regularly bathes your cats do you bathe do you bathe your cat no that's why i have cats they bathe themselves exactly my point and that's probably the one part of the cat that does not get bathed is the forehead.
0: Well, they do the, you know, the adorable thing where they like lick their paw and then they rub it on their head. Oh. This, I think it's an attempt at cleaning. But I, I, I am a person who does a nose boop. It's 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 equivalent to a kiss. I think you touch their, your nose to the top of their head and it's like a nice little thing. I know that you can actually get sick from having close contact with your cat's mouth. Do you know from personal experience or just from? I do not know from personal experience, only from being scared of this happening. There is a parasite in cat poop called Toxoplasma Gandhi. I don't know if that's how you pronounce the second word, but it's G O N D I I. Gandhi? Gandhi? Who's just. We're not
1: going to say Gandhi because I think we could be accused of besmirching the name of uh, Indian civil rights leader Mahatma Gandhi.
0: Sure. So this parasite, uh, it's very strange it can make you very sick but there's also something in it that makes you less afraid of cats
1: okay i mean this 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 seems like an advantageous evolutionary benefit that cats have discovered by putting a certain type of worm in their butt they can they can trick humans into loving them
0: it's theorized that it is for rodents because rodents will be around the poop and eat it or get covered in those delicious worm parasites and they will be less afraid of cats Okay. It makes them less adverse to risks taking, and they get closer to cats, and then cats devour them. It is an evolutionary symbiotic relationship between uh, this parasite and these cats. Rodent's defense is lower so that they get closer and can be eaten, but it also works on humans and can make you very ill.
1: So on episode 34 or 35, we talked about that Texan who invented a better mouse mousetrap whereby you, you bait the trap and there's a, a literal just six shooter mounted on it and it shoots the mouse. So the proper bait for that trap might in fact be cat poop.
0: Exactly, exactly. They'd be uh, more inclined to look down the barrel of that gun.
1: As long as the gun looked like a Garfield gun. Like if you had like a novelty exactly. Garfield gun... <laughs>
0: how we solve the rodent problem. <laughs> but no, I, I don't think you're a freak for kissing your cat on the forehead. I think you should be careful um, if they are the kind of cat that digs around in their litter box or eats poop or anything like that. You should definitely not kiss your cat or your pet. Yeah, that's a bad cat. Um, you can t- that's a bad cat. Throw it
1: in, put it in a burlap sack. Toss it in the river. That's a bad cat. Go get a new cat. <laughs> are we, we uh, we're, yeah, not, we're not we're not, <laughs> we're not advocating for murdering your pets on this show that was that was a joke about putting cats in a burlap sack and throwing them in the river and it, it ends at a joke i don't want any listener feedback this is a pro cat program and sure actually you know what funny story i was talking to my brother my brother works for a service it's a pet cremation service so oh wow he drives the truck to go pick up all these dead animals from animal hospitals and shelters and things like that places where dead animal bodies accrue. And typically they're thrown into a bag and then put into a freezer. And then he goes and picks them up and chucks them in the van. And he was telling me about how he goes to this SPCA and they just give him a bag of dead cats. And I'm just like, wait a second, this is a shelter and they're just handing you a bag of dead cats. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Anyways, uh, I'm looking I'm, I'm looking askance at that shelter. There is something going on there where they have literal just bags of dead cats
0: lying around. That being said, you neighborhood fit four five five five. Why don't you transition to booping your cat with your nose? It will give the same satisfaction as a kiss and be less deadly for you. Yeah. And don't fuck that cat. And don't fuck that cat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but you know what? I, uh, but, you know, you can fuck with. Oh, do tell. Storyteller squad oh i know them
0: it's an actual play podcast where they play uh role-playing games we played monster of the week with storyteller squad what do they typically play let's read on uh well i mean i've I've got the promo we could just play the promo oh that's a great idea (laughs) (laughs) jesus hello adventurers do you enjoy stories about monsters and magic Welcome to Autumn Falls, a cozy small town in the Pacific Northwest. There's mysteries to uncover, but first, let's check in with our heroes. He's scooping about like he probably shouldn't be. I'm Hugo Rashad. Fighting monsters isn't the safest thing. Bright pink, overcaffeinated. it's me, Bethany Miller. When you said disaster queer, every single person looked away. Can I get verbal confirmation that none of you will say anything about what you saw today? Agent Lonnie Whitaker reporting in from the Eastie Agency. Lucky for you all, Lonnie is very cool. It's really weird and bizarre and a whole lot of feeling stuff that I did not want to get into, so I kind of booked it out of there. I'm Raven Eugenia. Every coherent thought has just left my brain. I just wanted to be friends because that's what everyone else was doing. My name is Damien Edgecrest. I want to be like these people, you know? Clearly talking to the tree is not a normal thing that people can do. I'm Felicity Starnbrook surprisingly i'm useful (laughs) if i'm being perfectly honest i don't want people knowing what i am i'm aiden brightwood well that was not the magic i expected to be practicing if you'd like to join our heroes as we play monster of the week then check out the storyteller squad available wherever you listen to podcasts let's have an adventure
1: And now, having listened to that, we we know that they are, in fact, a Monster of the Week podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I recently, while cruising Reddit, I saw an image that caught my interest. And it is a picture of a bag of Doritos from apparently Japan. You can tell there are some Chinese characters and kanji on there. And it features a man dressed in skin-tight orange clothes and a man dressed in skin tight yellow clothes like I mean it's a full bodysuit with the only things exposed are the hands and face and the gentleman in orange is holding the gentleman in yellow by his ankles apparently kicking him in the balls oh, so this is such power,
0: such power. <laughs> it's just
1: something is going on here and it's intense uh, almost as intense as the flavor of
0: Frito-Lay's Doritos <laughs> If, if you just sent me this picture, which you did, I would believe this is fake. This is wild looking. The expression on these men's faces are that of just such, like, they're so placid and stoic. They're just staring straight. They are kind of, but if you, if you look at the gentleman in yellow
1: who is the one having his balls manipulated. He seems to be enjoying it just a little bit. That is clearly a smile. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I, I mean, first question. Is this real? Thank you. Thank you for posing the first question. I appreciate it. That's a great setup for what I'm going to say next, which is, yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen the image online. I was actually able to trace it back to the original photographer. So it was posted on July 17th, 2006 on a Flickr account. The image is from an album titled J-Pop Culturescape by a photographer named Gerald Figall. Jerry, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. I hope you don't mind going by the name Jerry. Uh, but he took the picture while traveling through Japan. So that that's the nuts and bolts of it. This is an actual photograph produced by a photographer. The characters themselves are from a comic called Taitsukun, which is uh, Japanese. The, the translation on the official taizou website Calls it Mr. Bodysuit, but it's Mr. Tights,
0: basically. Can we order these? Are they still in production?
1: Unfortunately, no, because these chips, in addition to the photograph originated in 2006, this was part of a, uh, a limited series of chips that were released in Japan featuring these characters. And the, the characters are the, the guy in yellow tights is Pierre, who the website describes as fickle and lacking patience. And the one in orange is Jonathan, who is meticulous and never loses his cool. Uh, that, okay, that's what his face shows. He's not <laughs> losing his cool. <laughs> uh, and in this case, I assume by cool, they mean Cool Ranch Doritos. <laughs> mm,
0: American flavored.
1: <laughs> so the characters first appeared in 2002. Uh, the combined efforts of illustrator Jun Takahashi and, and Hiroyuki Matsu, uh, Matsuoka, uh, who's the president of Suisui Sui Limited. They first appeared on Reiko cards, uh, which are these uh, collectible cards. It's kind of it's kind of like baseball cards almost, except they have little comics on them. And, and the the gist of these is that the the comic is titled "Strictly Enforcing the Rules." The rules being enforced here are actually workplace etiquette. So it leans pretty heavily on sexual innuendo. So I, I threw a couple examples in the notes. So one that they released specifically for an English audience. And we know that it's for an English audience because this is Taitsukun English. And it's got the the two characters. They're just headshots on either side. And then it appears to be an instructive categorization of different ways that women can sit in, I presume, either the subway or an office environment on a bench seat. Cap, would you care to describe these unsavory images? No, but I will anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: There are eight images in here uh, uh, across this one panoramic image. There are eight seated positions of this woman. Um, I'm going to read you the titles of them, and I want you to tell me which one you're sitting in right now. We have photogenic, which is kind of a leg over leg crossed, uh, kind of outdated business seated position, I would say. There's proper, which is knees touching, legs parallel to the ground. Seductive, which is... uh, Both legs up on the bench, which is if it is a subway, I don't recommend. I've been in a few subways and you should never touch bare skin to the seats.
1: Have you been on a Japanese subway, though, where the culture of subway riders is very different?
0: That is very true. Are they all sitting seductively? Have you been? I would I would eat sushi. Oh,
1: off of a Japanese subway seat.
0: Followed by (laughs) seductive, we have. Careless, which looks like she has a tummy ache, I would say. Her hands are crossed over her stomach. Bold, which I think is the, the... The most important aspect of these things, though, I think is the position of the legs. So It is the position of the legs.
1: In the first three images, the underwear are clearly obscured by knees. Careless, there's almost a peak. There's just a slight peak. A peak. And by the way, that is that is the position I am currently sitting in. I am... Careless. careless right now i am careless I you if don't you,
0: have a stomach ache i've been worried
1: you should also be glad that my camera is chest uh, chest level and not <laughs> down or you might be getting a peek of these beautiful 360 synthetic fabric boxer briefs
0: Ooh, a micromodal fabric uh-huh yes sir <laughs> uh, brought to you by
1: our soon-to-be sponsor 360 degrees which you can find at costco
0: now the bold seated position is uh just that the woman <laughs> is sitting uh, as spread leg as humanly possible, I think, <laughs> with her skirt seemingly ripping at the leg. And I think the best part is one shoe has been discarded at the ground by her barefoot. So bold, she lost her shoe.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like she opened her, her legs with such gusto that her shoe flew off.
0: <laughs> Just one, though. You got to make sure. Yeah. Uh, defiant which is the position that I am currently sitting in, is oh. one leg crossed over the knee of the other. Um, seemingly, Skirt has gone missing at this point and is just full shot on the underwear. It's full shot, but it's, it's a limited glimpse. It's like, enter if you dare. Girlish um, is knees together, feet as far apart as humanly possible, which is, it's, it's difficult to do. It's a very anime pose. It is a very anime pose. Almost like you're trying to hold in a fart is what it looks like to me. (laughs) That's how I sit a lot then. (laughs) Especially when I'm recording. (laughs) Last but not least is Ideal, which to me looks like we're working a squatty potty. Um, (laughs) Knees all the way up to chest, feet on the seat. Um, Ideal for what? Not subway riding. Not subway riding. Uh,
1: Again... This is purported to essentially be office etiquette advice. So, like, all of these are various ways that you can sit. And then the ideal here is a sexually accessible pose. That's the joke.
0: <laughs> I'm glad they put it in English for us. Thank you.
1: Yes. I wouldn't have gotten the joke. No, I, I wouldn't have gotten the joke. Uh, so the, the next one that I, that I have there for you, the, it's, it's an image of a man answering the door and then... Our yellow wrestler, Pierre, is standing there with a young woman. And the caption on it says, if you borrow something, bring it back. So we assume that this woman is somebody's daughter, wife, mother, etc.
0: These guys are really looking like uh, kind of sexist Teletubbies here, like deflated (laughs) Teletubbies. (laughs) That's the vibe I'm getting from Pierre here.
1: Yeah, then the, uh, the next one has a woman leaning over a copier and then a middle-aged balding man staring at her backside. And the caption is fees for sexual harassment. <sighs> I don't know if that means like the price of sexual harassment or, Hey, you're going to have to pay a fine because fees is a very ambiguous term. It doesn't necessarily describe a punitive cost. It's just something that you pay. Uh, unless this is like one of those pay to play copiers. Cause you, you remember back in the day when you used to go to places to get copies made like the library and they charge you Mm -hmm. 10 cents a sheet. It could be a situation like that.
0: Now you have to sit through an ad for Raid Shadow Legends between each copy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then the last two uh, images that I have actually have implied sexual assault. The first one is Pierre, again, the impulsive one, leaning over a woman. It looks like he's holding a drink, but she is clearly passed out on a couch Her purse is in her hand on the floor. She's fully dressed. And the caption says, this is the turning point, profit or loss. So the implication here is that he may have sex with an unconscious woman or he may be giving her a glass of water.
0: You know, that's what I thought, because on the way that our page is separated here, the caption is on a separate page from the picture. And I was like, oh, she's obviously ill and he's bringing her uh, water or maybe a can of uh, chicken soup here. But.
1: Yeah. And and that's one of the things. And, you know, we talked about this actually last week on our episode where we talked about the uh, Tokugawa period, Shunga or erotic Mm prints. There is a level of ambiguity or comedic element to pornography that is kind of inherent in the medium. And I think that's kind of what's happening here. So it's ambiguous because he could be about to commit sexual assault. He could be the reason that she's passed out, or he could be somebody who is helpfully offering her a glass of water in her inebriated or just tired state.
0: And I I think the next slide shows a little bit more of that, uh, at humor here.
1: Yeah. So the next one features a woman, uh, Clad in what looks to be a towel dragging a pantsless Pierre back to a bed. And it says, start now and don't stop until you finish, is the caption.
0: I'm, I'm most interested in the fact that I thought Pierre's costume was one piece. But uh, this implies that it is two separate pieces.
1: Well, they are they are wearing belts. So there, is, is, a, there is some degree of separation.
0: I thought it was uh, like a fashion accessory belt, you know, <laughs> to pull <laughs> the look be. together. <laughs>
1: Like, uh, like Batman, like I'm pretty sure exactly. Batman, like old school Batman in tights, like 1960s Batman. You don't <laughs> imagine that shirt and pants, pants being a separate piece.
0: Yeah, the belt's just to make the enemies fear you.
1: The text on the Doritos bag has been reported in a number of online blogs as revived by the power of the electric nut massage. Which is said to be a reference to a wrestling move uh, often imitated by boys in which the foot is jammed into the perineum or the taint and then shaken around much to the horror, delight, embarrassment or ejaculation of the person on the receiving end.
0: It's a kind of a noogie for your nuts. Now, I grew up getting teased and bullied. This has never happened to me.
1: Uh, Now, would you have liked it to have happened to you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: like, is this something that you could see two consenting adults being like, I, I want to do that in a ring in front of hundreds of screaming fans? Yeah, isn't that what WWE is? <laughs> Basically. Uh, unfortunately, what I did find is uh, once, I, once I was able to track these characters to the corporate website, I was able to confirm that this is not an accurate translation. Revived by the power of the electric nut massage is a wonderful translation, but it is not the correct one. The correct translation coming directly from their website is don't we have any other way to motivate our workers? <laughs> oh, oh, it's even better. Wow. <laughs> I love it because, again, you're getting into that ambiguity is like, is he hurting this person? Is he pleasuring this person? No, he's motivating him. He's motivating him, and whether it's pleasure or pain that motivates him is completely left to your imagination. I do think that while not all the comedy necessarily translates to 15 years later in a much more woke environment, I do think that there is some very smart double entendre and 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 play going on here that is interesting, and I can understand the the appeal of the comics. You just have to take it with uh, an understanding
0: that not all of this stuff is really. Um, good morally is the is the (laughs) copyright still active or can we get you and matt in these matching amazing suits
1: (laughs) i think this is one of those situations where matt would be like you broke it you bought it type of thing (laughs) (laughs) you you did the episode it's on you so it's you and me that are going to be in those matching suits and uh matt will be the guy uh holding up the sign with the uh revived by the power of the electric nut massage (laughs) I,
0: i wear glasses so i guess i've got jonathan yeah, you oh well,
1: all right. Well I mean
0: <laughs> he seems to be in the better position on it. Well, you know, it depends
1: on what you're into. Again, actually. again, the ambiguity is what's ultimately the best part of this because Jonathan's facial expression is is serious, it's all business, he's simply enforcing the rules he's of doing his job, yeah. Yeah, and Pierre's merely enjoying them. <laughs> Uh, The fruits
0: of his labor, you could say.
1: So as far as whether or not this is under copyright still, the English version of the website shows a copyright of 2002 to 2010. I found the Japanese version of the website, which uh, lists the copyright through 2015 and the most recent book that they published. So I I wasn't able to, I, I didn't translate the whole site, but I was able to click through to their most recent news update post. And it shows a book for sale on Amazon with a publication date of 2015. So they're active at least through 2015. And the site is still live, which means somebody is paying for the hosting. (laughs) Uh, So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, that that 2015 book was called Tonkoban. They were selling the hard copy. Uh, Here's my favorite review, though. And it's an even-handed three-star review. So I ignored the one stars. I ignored the five stars. I went right down the middle. What's somebody who thought, eh, I was able to translate this? It's interesting and quite deep. However, since it is fragmentary, it is also somewhat unsatisfactory. Is it a high quality chopstick rest that accompanies the main article in a business magazine? (laughs) Wow. Well said. Is it a high quality chopstick rest? Maybe.
0: (laughs) Is that the equivalent of a coffee table book, would you say?
1: I would think so. Uh, A coffee table book or a doorstop or paperweight. There we go. I think paperweight. paperweight. I think the, the English equivalent would be a paperweight. Um, so what I thought was really interesting about this is it kind of reminds me of something else that came out right around that time, which is Terry Tate, office linebacker. Are you
0: familiar oh, with Terry Tate? Oh, no. tell me, I want to learn something today.
1: Yeah, Terry Tate was a series of sports related commercials. It was a parody. Basically, a gigantic linebacker named Terry Tate would enforce office policies uh, okay by, by tackling anybody who violates basic at- office etiquette, like if you eat Janice's cake terry tate will knock you down and so i'm gonna do my best terry tate impression and it'll probably get cut for time <laughs> no go, i'm ready Woo! okay were these commercials on espn <laughs> i feel like i remember uh, these they are they are espn commercials like
0: woo! you know
1: you can't eat janice's cake that's a violation of company policy Woo! pain train's
0: coming <laughs> that's my best terry
1: tate and i'm 100 percent embarrassed by it gold star um, all around <laughs> Uh, So this idea of having a comically absurd sports figure, in this case, two gentlemen dressed as professional wrestlers, enforcing office policy and teaching people office etiquette has a direct parallel to American pop culture at almost the exact same time. So it kind of makes you wonder whether this was just the zeitgeist of the era or whether one side borrowed from the other. These guys go back to 2002, so I believe they do predate Terry Tate.
0: Mm, it could be a Dennis the Menace situation.
1: Did Dennis the Menace uh, infringe somebody else's intellectual property rights?
0: No, it's like same day somebody in America and in England created Dennis the Menace and put it in a newspaper. Wow. It's like it's a it's a phenomenon. I'm pretty sure. Now I now I have to double check. But I'm pretty I, sure that's I, like I I think I have heard of this, but I think there was a little bit of gap
1: in time period, but they were both independent Dennis discoveries. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. A-
1: independent menacing Dennis related discoveries. And, yeah.
0: <laughs> I prefer Terry, Terry Tate over these uh, sexist teletubbies. I think. Yeah, well, Terry Tate was made for
1: uh, uh, public consumption in America, which means he's just mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit more tasteful. <laughs> Let's just say that there are differences between what is acceptable in one country and another, oh, and it's it's valid. it is one hundred percent culturally determined. That said, I'm sure these haven't aged well in Japan either, <laughs> because they too have hashtag Me Too. <laughs> but what obviously what attracts everybody to this. Doritos packaging is the bold flavors and not the man getting kicked in the nuts. But what attracted me to this next topic was definitely men getting kicked in the nuts. <laughs> this is from r slash random thoughts as posted by user Jane XNP. Janinit, yes. Janinit Xpundum, If you get her to say her name backwards, she gets banished back to her home dimension. <laughs> And he or she, I assume it's a, I assume it's a she because Janin, but uh, uh, Jane is in the name or it could be Janin or it could be Janin I don't know. But it says, why are men believe being kicked in the balls is more painful than giving birth to a child? So I assume Jane has had some sort of conflict in her personal life in which somebody has presented to her the notion that men believe being kicked in the balls is more painful than giving birth. Uh, Gut reaction
0: gut reaction this is a very common uh, uh notion that i've heard out of people um i think we all grew up hearing this
1: my gut reaction would be to double over in pain and clutch my balls uh, yeah <laughs> go run and throw up
0: yeah because when you get kicked in
1: the balls hard enough you feel you get nauseous and then you yeah. throw up a baby
0: exactly and anyone who <laughs> does this notion i think has had no close experience besides being born to anyone giving birth i don't think you could witness birth and still think this
1: I have both been kicked in the nuts and witnessed to birth, and I can pretty much guarantee you that giving birth is probably more painful. And I know that because my baby was born eight plus pounds, and that that just seems like a lot coming out of you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: taking one pound shits that have really tested my limits, <laughs> and this is eight yeah. times that. <laughs> so yeah, your shit wasn't uh, actively trying to stay inside of you. No, no, and it didn't scream when it came out, but. Uh, One of the one of the Reddit users who has the top rated comment actually is what typically we don't delve into the comments too much. And sometimes we'll like maybe borrow some ideas. But in this case, (laughs) I've got to give full credit where credit's due to user flight. Flight medic. Flight medic, I guess. Yeah. F-L-I-T-E-M-D-I-C. And flight medic, who seems like possibly an informed person, says, because you always hear women saying they want to have another baby but you never hear a man saying he wants another kick in the balls. We
0: but could, <laughs> we, if we each upvoted this comment, it would be at 69. And I think uh, as a service, we should go do that. Done. Let's go. Right now. <laughs> click, click. <laughs> now, flight medic, you've been duly rewarded. Um,
1: so, I mean, that—that that is a fair point. Nobody... Well, that's not true. we again. Last week we talked about Rule Thirty Four. There is somebody out there who gets off on the idea of getting kicked in the balls or having their balls punished. In fact, I think earlier in this episode his, we his joked. His name about, is
0: Pierre. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> we we joked about people getting their rocks off by getting their rocks stomped. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the problem with that is the end result of getting kicked in the nuts is nausea. The end result of getting pregnant is a beautiful baby, and having a beautiful, having a, a beautiful, charming baby in your life. It's kind of like what once you once you get that or in your case cat. So once you get that first Mm -hmm. cat, then there's just like two more right waiting in the wings. Exactly. You know what I I mean?
0: I I related. I I, know this is not nearly the same thing, but I have never had a baby. I related to getting a tattoo because it sucks when you're getting it. And then as soon as it's done, you look at it and you're like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. Or in a few months, maybe I'll have another one.
1: Or, or you just feel or you just feel absolute and total regret. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in that sense, tattoos and babies are exactly alike. You either either the there's the elation, gone. the pain, the pain is the pain is there no matter what. And then you may you may have intense regrets as you look at the product of your of your union, uh, or mm-hmm. you may have a, a great sense of satisfaction and you, you might catch that tattoo and or baby bug or that tattooed baby bug. Either way, you get a bill for <laughs> a few thousand dollars. So <laughs> Depending on how good the tattoo is, I've got some I've, I've, I've got some cheap tattoos and there's nothing wrong with a cheap tattoo, especially like uh, I went to the tattoo convention in Philadelphia earlier this year and I walked around. I just found a piece of flash that I was just like, yeah, sure, I do want a
0: lighthouse. You know, I did a I did a piece of flash and it ended up being a UFO abducting Pikachu. And I don't regret it a single day because it is fucking beautiful.
1: There's no shame in flash or generic babies. That's what I say.
0: And there's no shame if you like getting kicked in the balls. That's what we're trying to tell you here today on Don't Wreck Yourself. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But you know what's better
1: than getting kicked in the
0: balls? Almost anything, but tell me. Uh, Well, the music of Rick Reynolds, for
1: one. Oh, hell yeah. He has been kind enough to allow us the use of his song United from the album Portals in Progress, which you can find on Amazon, iTunes, and Spotify. You can find Rick on Instagram at Rick Reynolds. I went to one of his shows last week, actually on Friday, and it was wonderful. He he always puts on a good show. He's going on tour. Actually, he's going on tour this summer with uh, with a with a band. He's filling in for one of their regulars uh, for Ooh. two months. It's the band formerly known as Tantric, and then prior to that, known as Days of the New. Apparently, they have a third name now, and it's all based on cycling out singers.
0: <laughs> oh, just like uh, you're doing with me here today. <laughs> See that? Why don't you tell folks where they can find you online? You can find us on all the social medias, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at Shrimp and Crits. You can also find us on the Cast Junkie Discord server alongside Don't Wreck Yourself, where we get into yep. all sorts of shenanigans together.
1: And you will find link to that in the show notes. And Cap, you now have a personal
0: Twitter. You didn't in the past, but you now have a personal Twitter. I do. I've, I've reached the uh, illustrious level of f- fame of a podcaster, and I have a personal Twitter. You can find me at Cap. And Crits, with a C, on Twitter. All
1: right. Uh, You can find us on all of those platforms at Wreck Your Pod. You can also find us at Wreck Your Pod on Gmail, where you can send us your questions, comments, concerns, topic suggestions, and any sort of vitriol that you want directed towards me. I will filter it and forward anything praiseworthy to Matt. So if between now and next week you're looking for somebody to translate some foreign act of genital torture into English for you, And you don't have time to wait for our next episode. Go ahead and check yourself. Don't wreck yourself.
0: We are united, but we're so far apart. And it won't change till we change. We are, but we won't.
1: Oh.